welcome to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you're interested in staying healthy, becoming fitter or stronger, getting rid of pain, or enhancing your athletic performance, this is the place for you. We're excited to be part of your journey to better health. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Performance Podcast. Dr. Nico. What's happening, everybody? And Dr. Marisa. Who that? <laughs> Dr. Marisa. Every week is something different. Um, she's wearing a beanie and, and uh, Lokes, guys, today. So she's hardcore. <laughs> oh, my. We got to do some education. Uh, <laughs> everyone, we are working on five tips to eliminate patellar tendonitis, also known as the itis. Uh, <laughs> everything is itis. Uh, Dr. Marisa, start this off because I know that uh, you do very well with these type of uh, issues. What do you got? Well, give me a give me a tip. Now, let's before we get to the tips, let's talk about the itis versus osis, though, oh. because that's I know we have to do that again. Let's do that again, this. right? So patellar tendonitis. Mm. Is usually really kind of a, a cute sort of thing, or it happens. It happens one day, and then the next few days, you're like, "Ooh, my knee's really flared up today." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So if that's lasting over, I would say over like two weeks to a month mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. and it's no longer swollen, but you're still getting pain at the mm-hmm. front of the knee, mm-hmm. we no longer call that an itis. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no longer any inflammation in there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, we call that an osis or okay. patellar tendinosis. Uh, which is a little bit of a different sort of thing. Um, so, which one are we talking about today? A little bit of both. Let's do the itis, and and and, so, the, and there's always variation in this. And you talk to people; some people might classify it as six months or three months. But yeah, essentially, you know, if if you've got a lot of pain going and it's uh, non-traumatic, so you didn't you didn't trip or fall, yeah. it just started developing because you started playing basketball or doing more squats or you did more stairs or lunges and yeah. now you have the front knee pain and it's on that thick little tendon there. It's um, and it's not going away. It's not helping. And you've tried resting and, and now we're getting into the chronic stages. Um, that's what we're referring to the osis. Today, let's talk about the osis. No, no. Let's talk about the itis because I love me some itis. How do we get rid of this acute pain? It's the acute pain. What do you got? got? start by modifying our activities. For oh. sure, yeah. Modify doesn't mean do doesn't that. mean stop. I don't want to stop running. No. I love running, guys. Okay, don't you make me stop. We can do running. <laughs> Why oh, just anything? Running. I just don't want to stop. <laughs> don't tell me to stop. You don't have to stop. Okay. Uh, you do have to modify though, right? Okay. So if you are all flared up in the front of your knee, um, and it's from running, and you know you just you just did this a couple of days ago, you went on a really long run, and all of a sudden your knee is a disaster. Uh, we might have to take a couple, a little bit of rest from the run. Okay. But not only really until that initial swelling goes away. Okay. Um, it's what you do after that that becomes the important part. So are we saying like absolute rest, meaning we just have to stop? Mm, relative rest. How about that? Relative rest. Relative Define that rest. for the listeners because that's important because most people hear rest and they just like walk away from you, right? You're, you tell them to stop and they're like, yeah. I'm not stopping. For sure. For Don't sure. tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe let's say that your knee is only giving you issues past five miles. Uh-huh. You can do five miles, no problem. That mm. six mile, knee blows up, sore the next day, can't handle itself. That's beautiful. Then we would back you down to a running distance that you can do without blowing up your knee the next day. Mm. That's that? that's so relative rest. Totally. I like that. You're still running, um, but you're not blowing up your knee. Yeah, and I, gosh, that's man. You can end the top, the podcast at that point because. That's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if we don't push one thing, and that is just to 
continue moving and exercising. And, and this yeah. doesn't mean that, and that's why I wanted to clarify because rest is such a fearful term and you, you definitely have to back off a little bit, but complete rest is sometimes one of the worst things you can do unless yeah. there's significant bone problems or something traumatic. So, um, okay, so rest. Relative. Relative rest. Relative rest. Dr. Nick, what do you got? Number two. Uh, Marissa spoke upon it a little bit in her thing where the relative rest is going to involve a point where the knee goes from like being okay to being flared up. Mm -hmm. So she said, she gave the example of if you can do five miles, but you can't do six, the mm -hmm. same thing goes for any other exercise, right? Mm -hmm. If you can do three sets of 10 squats, but that fourth lights you up, yeah. you're going to need to do three for a while. Okay. So the, so that, that's different from okay so different from relative rest um that second point is it's not just smash through the pain don't push through the pain. yeah we're accepting a little bit of pain yes like mild moderate pain yeah. is good but once you're up in the point where you're flared and you can't yeah so one and two go together one you have relative rest two is do not push through the pain be yeah. smart about that yeah. right i mean yeah. because the pain is is really what's going to make it worse uh if you go just beneath that, it typically does okay, and it keeps you happy, and it's just for a fixed amount of time, and, and that's the art of really learning how to manage an injury. Um, so in a runner, let's run them for two miles instead of three, and uh, it allows them to, to do that, but the minute they say hit, they hit that third mile, and they start to push through pain, that's where you're almost peeling the scab. The scab is the injury, and you keep pushing through that pain, you just keep peeling it, and peeling it, and peeling it, and it never gets to heal. So don't don't peel the scab. Don't push through the pain. Yeah. Number three. Number three. What do you got? Number three. three. So there's a lot of people that I've had that have come in and their patellar tendon has been bothering them for a decent amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, and we do a little bit of soft tissue working through the quads. They do a little foam rolling. They do um, get the quads loosened up and all of a sudden they're squatting without issues again. So sometimes yeah. patellar tendonitis is just a lot of tension through the quads. It's that needs a little bit of love. Um, and a lot of the times that's kind of a training volume issue, but mm -hmm. sometimes some tissue work can do a lot mm -hmm. more than you would think. Uh, I, I've i gone up and down in the way I practice uh, over the last few years, and mm -hmm. the tissue work still blows my mind. You know, we can fix everything, you know, from their mechanics and it looks perfect. And we got their programming just right. And they're like, I've tried everything. Six weeks of, you know, modifying, doing this. And I ask, you know, have we done any rolling? Have you done any, uh, you know, tissue work with a lacrosse ball? Or have you done your own stretching? And they're like, no. And we have that in. They're like, it made it better. Yeah. Gosh, don't forget about some of these fundamentals. And, and there's so much controversy on, like, whether rolling and these type of things really help out. But if you've ever had knee pain and you just do some tissue work to yourself and you stretch it and you move it, it's amazing how instant whether it's gone or you have a significant decrease. Now, that might have to be sustained. You don't just do it one timer and it's gone. Yeah. But tissue work can make a dramatic difference. Yeah. Right? I'd say so. And you said through the quads. Uh, don't forget about the calves, too. Ooh. Because uh, I, I think that uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have some ankle limitations that sometimes it's just a, they can't drop out down into a squat. Oh, calves yeah. are limiting them. Mm -hmm. That knee goes forward. And we got a little patellar tendonitis, little osis, whatever you want. Still there. Uh, Dr. Nick, number four. 
or is an isometric contraction for the pain. Uh, Dr. Marissa is very familiar on the protocol because she wrote it, but it involves, <laughs> she didn't write it, excuse me. It. She, she wrote that. the blog. She was a professor in 19, <laughs> 1998. <laughs> uh, she wrote the blog and it, it contains standing on a declined uh, position mm -hmm. uh -huh. and then lowering down and holding a sustained position. Mm -hmm. So you're using the quad, but it's in an isometric contraction, which means the muscle length is not changing. So the mm -hmm. limb is not moving up and down. Mm -hmm. And this will help decrease your pain. And, and most of the time, and for listeners out there who don't know what this is, if you just imagine squatting down up and down on a, on a decline surface, heels elevated, heels, heels elevated. elevated. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's good. Um, and, and, um, a lot of times when you squat in that position, uh, that might, you know, make your knee a little aggravated or whatever it may be. But when you sustain a specific situation or a specific um, uh, motion uh, in that or position within that movement, there's less stress going through the knee, but you're still challenging the muscle tissue, right? Oh, uh, yeah, the muscle and the tendon. Muscle. The muscle and yeah, the tendon. And uh, it's a good starting point because how else are you going to strengthen something that's painful, mm -hmm. right? So, and, and, and tell me about the protocol. I mean, is it uh, like seven days a week? Is it two hours a day? Uh, give me a familiar. Two hours, sit in a wall, sit. No, don't do that, guys. Don't do <laughs> ever. Don't ever uh, do that. Yeah, so generally they've, research has found that they, for isometrics, yeah. for, for basically it's a wall sit. It's a wall sit with heels, heels elevated. Beautiful. Think of it like that, that makes more sense. Yes. Uh, aha okay. moment. Uh, this we're doing two to three times a day. Mm -hmm. Or even more, mm. two, three, four, five. Wow! A lot of times a day, because this is just for pain control. Yes. Right. Tendons love the isometrics for for pain control, and so it's two or three times a day at least, and then you're doing that every single day wow. until your pain is to a level where you're able to start tolerating some actual squatting. Uh, but it's 45 seconds at a time, and you're doing it Ouch. five times. So that's wow. Five minutes. One, two, three, three times. Yeah. Yeah. Frequent. Very frequent. And and that might go against some of your kind of thought processes. Like, why am I strengthening something that hurts? Mm -hmm. Actually, you gotta you gotta be able to thicken that tendon and and keep it moving, or else it's just gonna get rusty. It's just gonna get rusty. Thickened. <laughs> yeah. It's like rusty, like an old car. You don't it move is, it. It is. If you don't use it, it's just gonna it gets rust. Fall apart. It is. Uh, okay, so number five. So we just did the isometrics. Yep. Number five, Dr. Mursa. Five. How do you go into number five? What is yeah, it? Yeah, so number five comes after number four. So once you got your <laughs> thank you. <laughs> once you got Thanks your for pain, <laughs> you got the pain under control with those isometrics, <laughs> and those are no longer causing you a ton of issues. You're gonna start working on some heavy-ish, slow-ish resistance. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. What? Why? Mm. Uh, so <laughs> that is gonna look like the same thing that we were doing, but this time you're gonna start adding weight. And you're no longer holding for 45 seconds at a time. Nice. So we're going to take three seconds to slow our weight oh. down into that squat. Oof. You're going to hold a weight that you can tolerate. You're going to wait at the bottom for three seconds. Oh. And then you're pushing yourself back up out of that squat for three seconds. Oh. So it's a That's nine miserable. second squat. Mm. How many? Nine seconds. Two? Squat. Nope. Three sets of 15, oh my unfortunately. Gosh. Um, so what you'll do is you'll choose a weight yeah. that's challenging enough that yep. you're only getting mild to moderate pain during it. Mm. Um, and you're knocking out three sets of 15 with that for the first week. Mm. And then every week, you're going to be going down in your reps. So you've got three sets of 15 that first week, three sets of 12 that next week, 
three sets of ten the next week after that, and then eights, and then sixes. And so by the time you're done with this five weeks, you've been working that out three times a week. Mm. And your tendon is strong, your quads are strong, your knee is less painful. Mm. Crushing mm-hmm. it. That doesn't sound very fun by any means. Um, now, does this, <laughs> does this, I mean, there's, is there going to be pain associated with this? A little bit, yeah. So I would say during. During the squats, you're probably going to expect a pain rise of like three to four points yep. on like a 10-point scale. Yep. Go with that. Um, but that's normal and that's okay. And you're going to just check in with yourself and see how you feel the next day. If the next day you're kind of right back where you're normally sitting, then you're yeah. good. If you're kind of blown up the next day, maybe use a little bit less weight the next time you do your yeah. That's hard because um, I know there's been a lot of studies or, or um, uh, uh, things that have said that you can have – a certain amount of pain with it because inherently that's a tough position to be in it's, with a load and at that tempo. Mm-hmm. So hard. you got to imagine you're kind of breaking through tissue as you load that and it's putting a lot of pressure on that and you're really just, uh, you're thickening that tendon, getting the muscle stronger and at some point you have to overcome your, your current point of pain and uh, there will be not a large increase in pain but maybe at least the same exact pain that you have. You allow that, right? That's normal. That's counterintuitive. I know. That's counterintuitive. Dr. Nick, do you include these uh, in treatment? Eccentrics? Yeah. Um, I will use it Mm -hmm. case by case um, basis. Yep. I like them for people who've had this for a long time. You know, we're talking three to six months, and they've tried a lot of things. They've tried the rolling, but it's almost too late. The inflammation is, is stuck. These are the osis people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for patellar tendonitis, uh, you know, you'll start with the ISOs, as Dr. Uh, Marissa said. Start with four, and then go five goes after four. So uh, you start <laughs> with isometrics, and you go into eccentrics. So yep. ISOs before ESOs. It's the ISOs before ESOs. I think we're gonna we're gonna patent that. That happened Hashtag right here. It. You heard it. Yeah. ISOs before ESOs by Sports Performance. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll see you next time. Later.